At WakeMed MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. UNC did what they had to do to beat Pitt, Pitt last night, which, I mean, Pitt had beaten them five of the last six times they'd faced off. Mm-hmm. So do what you got to do. Yeah. Right? A win is a win is a win. Capel does well against UNC. Surprise. We we don't have to go down the whole Capel family history well, with, with, with UNC. We don't have to do all that. Uh, score was tied in the first half right up until the final seconds mm-hmm. when R.J. Davis hit a three to go in into the intermission ahead by three. Um, that, to me, is is kind of important, right? Because I want to see how teams react, particularly top ten teams in the country react. You don't want to say that that teams can turn the switch because as soon as you say that, people get real upset. Uh, flip the switch. You don't want to say that, but you do want to have another gear, right? You do want to have a, all right, we're playing okay, but it's it's time to get serious, gear. And they had that. Came out in the second half, blew them out. And blow them out might be a little aggressive, but one handily. The big three for Carolina, and to their credit, it's becoming like a big four, maybe a big four and a half, five, maybe, on a good day. R.J. Davis, Armando Baycott, Harrison Ingram. Those three we've trusted for most of the year, right? You're going to get some level of production. I want a little more from Baycott, but some level of production from those three, kind of regardless of who your opponent is. R.J. Davis had a nice little quiet 15 points, three rebounds, four assists. You could say that's his worst game in you know eight games, nine games, but 15, three, and four, it's it's hard to call that bad. Armando, uh, meaning Baycott, led the team in scoring with 16, had a double-double, 16, 10, and one. I'm fine with that. I'm not I'm not gonna nitpick that in in a, a road conference game. Harrison Ingram is the interesting one of the big three. He continued what I'm calling it is he's he's not a <laughs> This my eighth grade uh, science teacher is going to be happy with this reference. He is a liquid, meaning okay, he fits into the container that he is in. You oh, know what okay. I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not a solid. You don't have to make a piece that fits him. He's a liquid. He fits into whatever you need him to do. He had 15 rebounds last night. Seven points, 15 rebounds, three assists. I don't think it's a surprise that after the game, Hubert Davis – emphasized rebounding as the difference in the win versus pit. One of the things that we talked about is, you know, you have to win the battle in the trenches. That's the rebounding, the loose balls, um, boxing out, uh, those things. And I thought we were really good on that tonight. You know, you're right, Pitt is uh, the best rebounding team in the ACC. For us to have a chance against them, we had to come up big in terms of rebounding the basketball, and we did it. I mean, not only defensively, it's the place that we've attacked the offensive glass. And so we were very active, we were tough, we were physical. And because of that physicality in the trenches, we were able to out-rebound 
a really good pit team, and I really think that was the number one determining factor for us being able to get a road win. First of all, he could have taken out we in a lot of those sentences and just put Harrison. We were aggressive. We could could have been Harrison Ingram was aggressive. Harrison Ingram attacked the glass. Harrison Ingram was fifth. Like all of that could have just been Harrison. And I, I, I think that's that's what you want in that player. Right? RJ Davis, to a certain extent, he is what he is, right? He's a scorer from the perimeter, veteran guard, likes to have the ball in his hands. Armando Baycott, to a certain extent, is what he is. He's a double-double guy. He's he's going to play down low. He's going to be crafty with his footwork. That's what he is. But what happens when the game calls for something else? You call for Harrison Ingram, and he's like, what do you need? I got you. Right? He's he's your friend that can get things. What do you you need a CD? I got you. You need some sneakers? <laughs> I got you. What do you need? He's I your know friend. a guy. <laughs> he's your friend that knows a guy. Yep. That's what Harrison Ingram is, and I really, really respect it. Well, against Oklahoma, for example, he had four steals defensively. What do you need? You need steals? I got you. Yeah. I got, yeah, yeah, you need some rebounds? I got him in my trunk. Hold up. Let me pull around. He just knows people, and he's got things. You need a timely three there in the middle part of the second half? I got it you. It was Ingram. Yeah. Harrison Ingram got you. But here's the, the part that I really like. Cormac Ryan is becoming more consistent. Mm-hmm. And for a while, he was kind of just the shooter guy. Right, you'd know halfway through the first half, which some might call a quarter. Uh, <laughs> if he had taken three threes, missed them all, you'd be like, "All right, Cormac's not going to be much." He had no threes last night. Ten points, seven rebounds. If he can become a consistent, even when the shot isn't falling, contributor, that's big for Carolina. And then Seth Trimble. Mm-hmm. Seth Trimble off the bench, 10.6 rebounds, also an assist, but that's not what I'm talking about here. That's that's box score watching. He's got the 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 juice. Yeah. He's got a little bit of that bounce. Catches an alley-oop, he puts it down. It doesn't look like just an alley-oop dunk. It looks like something out of a video game. Especially since Elliot Cadeau was in foul trouble early, mm-hmm. too. Very uh, Great point. And yeah. His production was way down. Mm-hmm. Um, Trimble is kind of the perfect guy off the bench for this team. Yeah, uh, because Cadeau starts, as you mentioned, because he can come in and get everybody off their feet quick. And and the broadcast crew, right? He catches an alley-oop dunks at the broadcast crew. He's like, he told me he'd get a highlight. I'm like, he's calling his shot. He knows in, when he goes into a game, he's going to either catch a new dunk on somebody, pin one against the glass on defense. He's that kind of athlete. And that matters. That's That's something they need in that role. Because, you know, their starters, for as good as they are, they, they you know, Armando Baycott's highlights are a lot of, like, pivots. Mm-hmm. Like, pump fakes and pivots and up and unders and things. I don't know if that's going to be on SportsCenter. And it's the timeliness of, of a lot of his contributions, yep. too. Like, for example, first half, I think he had nine points when the rest of the team was struggling, when Cadeau yep. was on the bench. Like, even going back to the game against Oklahoma, he had a key three-pointer that extended a lead from nine – or, sorry, from – 8 to 11 points for UNC in that game. It was the timeliness of when they're making these contributions, too. If those two guys, Cormac Ryan and and Seth Trimble, in addition to the big three, in addition to Cadeau, who needs to get going. Don't discount Jalen Withers, either. No, no. I'm, yeah. I, I thought he actually not. did a good job yesterday. And, and I mean, they have probably eight or nine guys they're going to have to depend on at some point in the year. But to me, if those two guys can become, like – nearing double-digit scores, kind of regardless of the flow of the game, that takes a lot of pressure off that big three and and allows them to play a bit more more free-flowing. Because, again, my player of the game was Harrison Ingram. He had seven points. 
That's only possible because a couple guys who you're not used to getting double digits from both scored double digits and that allowed Ingram to focus on other parts of the game. I thought it was a really good game for UNC. I thought that second half particular was a really good half for UNC, and they're going to need to lean on that style of play and that, that combination of players when the games are you know a little bit more competitive down the stretch. But, again, they beat Pitt, who had gotten their number a few times, and uh, it's a good one to start their ACC meet of their ACC schedule. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete DeRuda, America's wealth coach and best-selling author. Coach, one of the big questions I always hear is, do I have enough money to retire? Well, maybe, maybe not. The most important thing is you have lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll design that plan for the next 10 people to call. No cost or obligation. Put yourself in control of retirement. Call 800-691-3215. You can also text Tim to 600-700. That's T-I-M to 600-700. You'll hear from Coach Pete and the Capital Financial advisory group confidence and concerns cons and cons we're looking at the programs from a bird's eye view the the acc football schools from the state of north carolina what are you most confident in in their uh their programs moving forward and what concerns you the most we'll go in in the order starting with off the podium of our year-end podium from yesterday uh I have some good news. I have some bad news. Which do you want? You always pick the bad news first. So, Dennis, Wake Forest, they're off the podium. What is your biggest concern about Wake Forest? Um, have you found a replacement for Sam Hartman yet? Because you didn't find one this past season. You thought you may have one in Mitch Griffiths, but it ended up being a revolving door you know, through benchings and whatnot. So, have you found your replacement for your best quarterback you've ever had? My, mine is is quarterback. Yep. And it's yes, it's replacing Sam Hartman, but it's also like their blueprint that they've had so much success with is going away in college football. Right? They get a guy, maybe develop him for a year or two, turn over the reins, let him play through some growing pains, and then you have two or three years at the end of their career where they're established and they're really gosh darn good. And we've seen it happen time and time and time again. Uh, Wolford and this guy and, and Skinner going back and obviously Hartman. and uh, There's just so many good quarterbacks that were there for a long time, right? There's very few, like, one-hit wonders with Wake Forest. There are guys that are, you know, good their sophomore year, better their junior year, really good their senior year. Then they leave and the next guy takes over. And with the transfer portal, it's just hard to keep that pace. So they have to learn to do something they haven't done much, which is – Throw a guy out there right now, have him ready to play, and be prepared for them to bounce the next year, which is not easy or fun for anyone, and it's not how they've done things. So I'm concerned about that. What are you confident about when it comes to weight? Consistency with their head coach, Dave Clawson. That's the thing. Like this with with Wake Forest seems like, all right, you're gonna have like a an eight win year, eight win year, nine win year, maybe a seven. And then, okay, you're going to have that one drop. But it seems like after that drop, they're right back up to it. It's like that reset year. And I think this past year was that reset year. Mine is Dave Clawson. Yeah, it's pretty it's, pretty straightforward. I don't I don't think we need to overthink anything here. Yeah. Uh, quarterback, concerned. Head coach, confident. I think if we would have had, you know, 10 different hosts and 10 different producers do this exercise, probably nine of each would come back with quarterback is my concern. Dave Clawson is my confidence. And, and the other two would just be hot take artists coming up with something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, you always you always got to account for it, right? Oh, yes. It's like a 9 out of 10 dentists. There's always one out there that's a little off. 
uh, <laughs> the, the drive. What does dent- he know that we don't? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then I, you talk to a dentist, and they're like, no, I've talked to hundreds of them. There's none that are anti-whatever. Never mind. Uh, the Drive with Tim Donnelly, 99.9. The fan, we're playing cons and cons. That's Wake Forest. Let's get to the concern for the program level wide. University of North Carolina football. Dennis, what do you got? Uh, they're losing a ton of talent. Yep. that's the, They're losing a lot of talent that's been playing for them for a couple of seasons. Top like, of the line. Like talent. top of the line. Like Cedric Gray, like the your key middle linchpin of your defense is is in the is going to the NFL. Your quarterback is going to the NFL. Like the quarterback and your quarterback of the defense. Exactly. Like your two most important players, you can argue overall, they're gone. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of – I mean, it doesn't matter what your program is, whether it's Carolina, heck, even if when it's Alabama or it's Michigan or someone like that, you still got to replace your top guy. It's not easy to do. And and I will say that, like, they're returning Omari and Hampton. They're returning Cayman Rucker. They might be the mm-hmm. number two most important people on the defense and offense. But when you're losing number one, it's, it's going to hit. Um, my concern is coaching staff stability. Mm. Obviously, Gene Chizik today, it's announced he's not coming back as defensive coordinator next year. Uh, Mac Brown is up there in age. Like, is he going to be there four years from now? That's if I'm if I am a, a coaching staff recruiting against North Carolina, I'm just asking the question. Do you think he's going to be there four years from now? Even though it's true, most coaches aren't going to be there four years from now. Uh, you know, it, it seems obvious to ask that one. Also, and I'm going to bring this up later in the show, feels a, a little dirty pool-ish that the transfer portal ended yesterday and Gene Chizik's not coming back today. Maybe there was some, hey, defensive players, stick around, give us a shot, but we're not even going to let you know that the guy you're playing for is on the way out. The, the timing of it seems a little like they're aware that this coaching instability could, could rock the world a little bit. And and I'm not even saying you should have brought Gene Chizik back. I think the defense was worthy of a change. It's just the timing of it makes me feel a little icky. What are you confident in? That's some of those guys you mentioned. Amari <laughs> Hampton came on Rucker. Like, yeah, you've lost some talent, but you still got some dudes coming back. Like, wow. Let's be honest. Amari Hampton, he was a second-team All-American this season and came on Rucker Probably could go to the NFL. Like he's oh, he's an NFL talent. Definitely. He's an NFL talent. And there are some other guys that obviously they're coming back that are legit four or five star guys. Like they still are bringing in talent. Mine is more specific than that. Even mm-hmm. it's Omari and Hampton. Yeah. It's if I'm working in a new quarterback, if I'm working in a new defensive scheme, if I'm working in new premier playmakers, new offensive linemen, whatever it is. The number one thing I want is a workhorse running back. I want somebody that can get me four yards when I need four yards and can occasionally give me 60 yards when I want 60 yards. Omari and Hampton is really gosh darn good. And I've I've never heard a coach go, hey, we got a really gosh darn good running game. Darn. Like, it's, <laughs> it's never been said. So, uh, just Omari and Hampton. And I, that's no disrespect to Cayman Rucker. That's no disrespect to any of the other guys that are coming back. It's just I'm really impressed by by that guy at the running back position. Uh, Duke is next up. Duke sliding into the the next spot. What are you concerned about? Third coach in four years. My, first of all, we're, we're I think it's easier on a, a week to week. We don't agree much on concerns and confidences, yeah. but I think when you look at a year, the storylines are a little bit more pronounced. Mm-hmm. I have transitional coaches. Yeah, it's. it's 
there's been enough shakeup now that it's it's concern. It's third coach in four years. And here's the thing with Manny Diaz. Some of the older players on that team were recruited by David Cutcliffe and his staff. And there are also going to be the younger guys on that team, like the sophomores that were recruited by Elko. Now he's also trying to blend that in with his freshman that he brought in. And transfers. And transfers. So you're literally taking three different coaching staffs and they're guys that were brought together and trying to meld it into one. That's not easy to do. It, it's not easy, period, to just build on someone else's momentum. Yeah. And and Elko had something going. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it, definitely. It's, it's no, like, there's a reason why Texas A&M backed up a, a Brinks truck. He had something going, and it's, it's not easy. I think the early part of next season is going to be crucial because if, if, if it goes well early next year, I think you can kind of, hey, look at that. We're in this. We're everything's still going. The momentum's still going. If if you have a couple missteps early, I think it could it could. And by the way, like any coach in this, this isn't a Manny Diaz specific problem. It's a whoever the next coach is specific problem. Uh, could be a tough one. Could be a tough one. Uh, what are you confident in? That Manny Diaz went and got out. Went out to the transfer portal and got himself a quarterback. Got a dude. Minus you you got to replace Riley yep. Leonard. Yep, Malik Murphy. Same got to replace Riley Leonard. And everything else builds off of that. You you get a quarterback to commit, everybody else takes a big sigh of relief. There's just a, okay, maybe I won't have to hit the portal. Or someone else in the portal. Okay, it is okay to go join Duke, right? Murphy had a bunch of options. It's not like he picked Duke because no one else was calling, right? This is not uh, a big-name former recruit in the way um, uh, JT Daniels. This isn't JT Daniels going to Rice, right? Which is like, hey, he's a former five-star recruit. It's like, yeah, but he, over his career, he played out his value a bit, and it's not a five-star recruit going to Rice. This is a guy that, you know, was a high four-star, went to Texas, sat behind the number one recruit in the country, beat out uh, uh, a Manning to be the number two and then was looking for a place to get a bigger opportunity. Like he had options and he chose Duke that that bodes well for everybody involved. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Having your quarterback in place is massive. Last one here for cons and cons. What are you confident in? What are you concerned about programs as a whole moving into the off season? We're talking football, NC state. What are you concerned about? They've lost some massive pieces on defense. Obviously, we know Peyton Wilson's Sorry, going to the NFL. Off. We are lockstep. Oh, Mine yeah. is okay. studs on defense studs. being gone. So, yeah, Peyton Wilson, linebacker, obviously, yep. is going to the NFL. Shaheen Battle is declaring. Yep. The defensive back is declaring for the NFL as well. And Aiden White is going into the transfer portal, which kind of surprised me yep. a little bit. Now, he could obviously come back to NC State. But nonetheless, I'm assuming if you're going to the portal, you're most likely leaving. Like those are three massive pieces, and and to a lesser, but maybe similar. Savion Jackson. Oh yeah, it, Savion Jackson, like depth guys on end. There's, there's is Davin Van coming back. Davin Van did announce he, he's coming back. Okay, that was uh, uh, announced last week, I believe. Okay, um, actually maybe over the over the weekend. But uh, but yeah, that's the studs on defense. Yeah. I I love that they signed Tony Gibson, their defensive coordinator, to a three year extension. Mm-hmm. He's gonna earn it year one. Oh yeah. Cause, because there is some, like, having two legit corners, shy battle, Aiden White, that allows you to be so much more creative in your play calling. Because you're just like, hey, outside receivers are locked up. Having Peyton Wilson allows you to be so much more creative. Because, hey, he could drop into the, the middle third. He could chase a slot receiver. Or he could blitz off the edge or play traditional middle backer. Like, there's there's a lot of versatility that's going to go to younger guys, which is tough. We'll see if they've been developing behind him. 
Uh, what are you confident in when it comes to NC State? The depth of talent, it seems like they're they're bringing in on offense, which is interesting because we've always thought as NC State is like this really defensive first team. But you look at the fact that they're bringing in Wesley Grimes, a four-star receiver. There's the rumor floating around that Noah Rogers, the five-star receiver from Ohio State, might be interested in returning back to the triangle and going to NC State. You So you have – that's again, that's a potential. But you look at they brought in what – four four star receivers slash you know athletes slash running backs in their recruiting class as well on top of Grayson McCall and you got the number one tight end of the transfer portal the guy from UConn it's like wait a second now you're developing or you're 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 bringing in all this offensive talent which you I mean outside of Casey Concepcion this past season you really didn't have a whole lot mine is the portal efficiency okay I've I'm wildly impressed by how they've embraced the portal, and that goes from their collectives, the name, image, and likeness money collectives, the coaching, the the players, getting everybody together. They're using internal relationships, guys that were high school teammates of guys. Noah Rogers might be the the, the, the latest five-star guy out of Ohio State who's who's in the portal right now, has some connections to the, the team. There's there's just uh, some teams. By the way, Clemson still doesn't take transfers. Like, at all. There are some teams that are just so heels dug in, not going to embrace it. There are other teams like NC State that have said, if this is the new world, let's jump in with two feet and be the best at it. And they're pretty darn good. I don't know if they're the best, but they're pretty darn good at it. Uh, and, And this year, they've significantly raised expectations based on how well they've played the portal. And there's still a long offseason to go. Really long offseason to go. So they're not taking anybody from the portal? I don't believe so. I'm at least... I know they have one like third string quarterback that started somewhere else, but I, they're not playing the portal the way a team like Clemson should play the portal because they have recognition and could really boost their team. Yeah. I mean, just case in point this past season. Yeah. So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu.